Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and my next guest is the creator of one of my favorite online stores and a real creative mastermind. He's the owner and operator of a store like 94. Please welcome to the show, Crystal Palace supporter, Josh Steeples. Josh, welcome, mate. Hey, man. How you doing? Very good. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Please, my pleasure. You know, I've said it before to you, and I'll record myself now saying it. A part of uh, a store like 94 is part of the great online shops that feature throwback inspired clothing from football's glory eras of the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Assuming that's when you grew up, like when I did, um, yeah. for people of a certain age, like myself, when it was hard to get items like these, especially in America, I find myself making up for lost time and my wallet and my wife both loathe <laughs> the idea of my online shopping addiction to football's yesteryears. Uh, so was that your plan for the shop was to drive folks like me absolutely uh, broke and insane um, to get like these items that we couldn't get with so long? So, I mean, uh a bit of history about the shop so it's been going for so I've been going for like five years um and the first couple of years were part-time or well, two and a half three years were part-time um and I was doing bits and pieces but I, I always had a real love for like vintage um I used to have a vintage shop selling all kinds of vintage clothes like a physical shop before having the online store um and I realized that I just didn't want to be sort of tied down in sort of bricks and mortar. And although it's really nice, to, I liked, you know, the process of opening up, putting on some tunes, you know, talking to people through the day. You also get have to deal with nutters coming in, people trying to sell you stolen goods and also having to cater for a whole like side of the audience that you don't really have a passion for. Where obviously my passion was like football shirts and and kind of street and like old Adidas. I love, you know, I'm a sucker for like, any 70s or 80s like quite old adidas nice. um and when i left the shop and i started i realized that there was quite a i had a few of these bootlegs that you'd kind of buy in the 90s um outside markets uh, markets outside like say outside the san siro or um places like that and i just kind of realized that they although like i saw the vintage football shirt scene like going up in the uk this is before you know, I've seen it pop off in America in the last like couple of years. Right. Um, this is about six years ago. The, the scene here really started going crazy. Um, and I just thought there's a whole gap for like football fashion and people making knockoff merchandise. So I just thought I'd had having a go at it. Um, and obviously everything is inspired by 80s and 90s, because for me, that is just the glory days of um, of football. And I think when players were a bit more open and a bit more unmicromanaged right um, so you think every player now they're so they've and, and I, I completely get it because they've learned the lessons of people in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> you know you think you think of certain players like Gaza or you know they're they're so wild like nowadays they'd be in cotton wool have a full team around them have a nutritionist have a you know their their personal gym everything like that where back in the day it just kind of wasn't like that so I think a lot of the imagery that comes with the 90s stuff as well is very, it's quite funny. And I feel like nowadays it's quite hard to find pictures of football players actually having fun away from the actual, from the field. 
you're totally right because what's funny is is that now because of social media we have more accessibility to players to praise them to uh tell them to tell them off you know if, if you're into that sort of thing which you probably shouldn't but you know look i found myself guilty of it at one point i'm a huge ac milan fan and i will go down and say forever <laughs> that ricardo montalivo was the worst captain of milan history and any chance i could get on social media to just be like just please leave um i did so i i i, I understand that frustration um not proud of it but you know anyway uh but it you're right though like we're more have more accessibility to players now, but we know less about them versus sure. yeah. back in the day when you had, as you said, Gaza, Maradona, um, mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, there are so many others There it has, you know, there, Oh, uh, of course, Vinnie Jones, you know, I, yeah, it, yeah, those kind of characters, they're just wild, wild characters. Right. Um, but obviously there's, there's, you know, there's two sides to it because the, I, I, I'm drawn to players that um, these kind of players that we're talking about, but they, although it is, you know, it's great for it's great to to see to see the funny photos and stuff. You you don't you know their lives are also parts of their private lives were ruined by the press. Yes, and you know the pictures that can be used like for some designs or something like that, even though they might look funny. And as I'm, you know, sometimes as I'm go, as I'm the years are going on and I'm starting to really understand. You know, because I'm lucky with what I do, I get to actually research into players. Like it's my full-time job now. So it's like yeah. I don't feel bad if I'm watching a football documentary or like, you know, spending endless hours like reading about players or going through football magazines from the 90s. Like that's all part of my job. So um I start to really understand and notice, like I can now tell you, like, if I could see a picture of Gaza, I can tell you when it's like a forced, when he looks forced, forced happiness. Right. And actually, he's just having a laugh. And I think, you know, it is great that it is great that it was open. But at the same time, I completely get that players now are just like hide everything they can possible because people just want to come after you for whatever it is, whether it be telling you the worst captain ever or <laughs> telling you you've got crap hair or like, you know, you're, uh, you know, there's just people are just, it's so sad that the, on social media that people want to be negative definitely more than they want to be positive about stuff absolutely like, and you know? what i'm trying to do with the you know of course like we <laughs> yeah no absolutely and it's like i tried my best to you know be as positive as i can with this podcast because you're right it's and you know we do need to heap praise but what's funny is is that in the modern era we i i can only name two players that have really put the old school spotlight on things one being mario balotelli and yeah and Raja Nangalin, who now has just signed for Spal in City B, it's crazy to me to think that out of all the players that have come out over the years, especially in, like, let's just say the last decade, yeah, that it's really only two guys that you can really say have been so mental, so, like, <laughs> wild, but in the sense of, like, in a way, the media and the people are provoking them. It's like when you when you kick a dog, not that you should kick a dog. Um, I'm really <laughs> sounding like a total dick in this podcast. <laughs> but, um, but like if like if someone like hits an animal, which is terrible to begin with, but if someone that that animal is going to react and it's sort of like what's gone on 
you know, when we saw with Balotelli, and again, Nangalin is another example. Sometimes it's also self-imposed, like Atoro Vidal is a great footballer, but Atoro Vidal loves to party more than he does play, and Ronaldinho was the same way. So it's it's not that common anymore, and it's way more cookie-cutter. Do you feel like that takes away from the majesty of... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I think I... um... There's a few things that it's not just that. I mean, that's one of the, there's one, I've got loads of issues with modern day football. Um, It's too much of a business being the main one. Uh, The people at the top who run the businesses, I'll just run through them quickly. Yeah. I could talk about about this for hours, but. That's um, fine. I got time. (laughs) Obviously obviously the people that are running the, that are running the businesses generally, a lot of the time, they're not actually as, as invested in the football club as they should be. They're just, it's just a business for them. So that, you know, that's from the top. Um, then you go into uh, manufacturing of like, I don't really like, there's hardly any football shirts that I would I would buy anymore. And if I do see, you know, going back to my, when I started out, like I originally started buying vintage shirts. I've got maybe 80 or 90 vintage shirts from 88 to 98. Um, and the majority of them are like, I kind of, got quite lucky because when I first started buying they were really cheap and you could get I used to buy all the goalkeeper tops on all the ones with the crazy patterns that people didn't want now they're the ones that are actually really hard to get and they're worth loads of money so um like the bruised banana and uh um Aston Villa uh Bosnich goalkeeper top and um you know all kind of like mad templates that people just used to think with the worst design shirts and I, I love that and I think nowadays like even shirts when people are trying to have a go right. the manufacturing being a man being working with manufacturers myself I know this as well it's so hard because of the costs and for anyone to do it affordable like for flo- for clothes to be affordable and the quality be quality to be as good as the 90s it's, it's nearly impossible now um and for football teams to make mass produce clothing to sell to make profits obviously the quality is just poor so yeah. even if i see a shirt i love if i buy a modern day one i can just pick i pick it apart of how much i hate it when i get it like, <laughs> i kind of um, i kind of tend to agree with you on that like some of the designs are really cool the ones that really are good are great and the ones that are but i'm finding more average the other thing too what you mentioned about the textiles like the material is nowhere near as durable uh, as no. it was obviously that's good good. you know it's all like it's all for performance as well I think that's the thing it's like Mm -hmm. you wear um you know if I'm wearing a a 94 Napoli shirt if I was wearing that if I was playing for Napoli and wearing that shirt in 94 I'd be seriously hot like it's they're not they're not you know they're not breathable at all they're actually they actually make you hotter than they should do um but uh so there's you know it's it's it, it, it's all part of it but i think you know and then when you tie in you tell you've got you've got the money at the top the business the, the the football clubs being run like businesses not but not caring about the fans enough um obviously players demanding too much money you've got the met they've got the actual merchandise just being poorer quality um then you then you add social media and the fact that you've got loads of like just like bad vibes from energy from people um you know being racist but you know even if racism existed you know racism it's a tough one because obviously in parts it's getting better but also on social media it's getting way it's getting way worse so like all these things in modern day football for me just 
I, obviously I do enjoy it, but it it just it's just lost its magic a little bit for me. So I think that's part of the what I do with the I try and channel my love for football through what I do by trying to do the things that trying to do the opposite of what football clubs are doing. So it's trying to make stuff feel like using good materials. So spend it like I don't really care as much if the margins for me are less if I know that the people receiving their products are really happy with their products. Like, as someone, as a customer and a very happy customer, yeah. to say the least, like, yeah. uh, not to, not to, you know, kiss your ass, but it's like, it's true. Like it's, there are certain online stores that I'll only buy from. Uh, and I, in fact, like you kind of round out the Holy Trinity of the three stores I've had. I've had Ian Trickett from Trickett Inc. on and, um, yeah. Graham from the North Curve on and now you, and those are the three that like I'm constantly buying from. And what's interesting about the most recent purchase I've had from you was these beautiful Italia 90 socks with the Chow logo. And it was a, it was a uh, collaboration you did with the final third, who is another fantastic organization. And I do need to actually get them. So maybe it's not a Holy Trinity. Maybe it is just, a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the four horsemen of my wallet. <laughs> um, but it, what's funny is, is that the story behind those socks is not just, to have a cool retro look like tell tell the audience a story you told me about where you found the inspiration from those yeah i mean so I'll, the yeah final third they um yeah dane does a really great job uh, uh of creating if people don't know him definitely go check those guys out because they are the go-to go-to guys if you want football inspired socks um there you go dane there's your little pitch um <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, so basically I wanted to do a project with him for ages and we've been talking for like three years. Um, and yeah, I basically have, I found this dead stock pair of Italia, original Italian 90 socks that had the, they still had the tags attached on the top and like the packaging itself was just really beautiful, quite washed out, but the socks itself were perfect. They were like crisp white, really lovely, like thick, like quite heavy socks with a nice little chow on just on the outsides and um I kept them safe for like three years and kept looking at them and I think it might have been my birthday or something um <laughs> and I remember feeling like yeah this is the day and my birthday's in the summer so I was like yeah I've got my, I've got my nice shorts need some nice socks cracked them instantly regretted it <laughs> <laughs> um but I was like well I'm here now what you know wore them out enjoyed wearing them out and then I tried not to wear them out too much but because I loved them on kind of didn't I didn't like wear them to death they are they still they're still alive but then they're just I just needed to create some more so I just once I had these I um me and Dane were just having a look online and just couldn't we couldn't believe that there was like no one had really I mean there's a few people who'd made kind of thin kind of cotton socks with maybe little chows all over them but there was no kind of there was no kind of socks that were made to look kind of 90s so we thought Obviously, it's a bit of a copyright thing. We just said, what, but we, because everything's pixelated, that when you turn everything in, you know, when anything becomes, you know, we'll probably end up talking about my rugs and it's similar with those kind of things. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's whenever something is, you, you make it out of like cotton or a jacket material and it's woven, like you get this beautiful pixelation that you can't really replicate even online, like trying to replicate pixeled stuff is, is, is a real fine art. I only know two or three really good pixel artists. Um, 
And that's what you get by creating, by making it woven. So I think by the socks and the rugs that I do, making them woven, it just gives it just gives it that added, added dimension. So yeah, we've made these socks and there's uh, there was like Footix, Chow, um, the, uh, and then the two others were the 82 at World Cup mascot and oh, so your striker from USA 94, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I right. remember that. <laughs> and it's nice to finally get something out with him. And I think we're going to carry on um, carry on trying to create some more stuff this year. Uh, I'm not sure what yet, but there's there's definitely some there's definitely another collab in the in in the pipeline. <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to it. You know, the logo you mentioned USA 94, and obviously it's the name of the store. The logo of the shop is the USA 94 logo. Did yeah. that particular World Cup have such an impact on you that that's what originated the name? Yeah. So I mean, I'm uh 36, so I was kind of a little bit, I was kind of like my first real World Cup where I where I really remember everything is is France '98. That's, but USA '94. There was definitely parts. I've always been like um, because as as well as creating, I love like hunting, going to like um over here we call it car boot sales. I guess it's like thrift sales in America, yeah. um like yard sales. But here it's a quite a British thing. Um, everyone meets up every Sunday across the UK. There's just hundreds of these like car boot sales where people drive to a field, you take your car and there'll be like, you know, 300 people's cars with selling the stuff out the back of it. Um, and I've been doing that since I can remember. I think I was maybe like three or four when my nan started taking me. And like unintentionally, I think that around that time I was just finding, I was always obsessed with football stuff. So I think I was like, I can remember having little like, um, some of the first paper goods that I had were like from USA 94 and they had like Baggio and um, photos and things like that. But it's mainly the fact that USA 94 for me, as I got older and started researching World Cups, I realized that that was the first World Cup where memorabilia um, changed. And I really think like there was a bit in Italian 90, but USA 94, but I think it was like because of the quality of printing um manufacturers maybe got that tiny bit better so I think it was just the sweet spot of like affordable high quality manufacturing so whenever you find anything from USA 94 now like anything in the wild anything vintage it's always banging it's always you know it's like a heavy duty t-shirt it's a heavy print um it's the stitching's great on it like all the you know the USA 94 shirt as an example that's such a ridiculously good quality shirt with the home with the stars, the faded stars. stars yeah. yeah, if you ever have that shirt, if you hold that in your hands, I've sold a few of them over the years. They are heavy, you know. That's like <laughs> we were talking about heavy shirts, like getting hot. In. I can't imagine what that must have been like wearing the U because it was hot during that World Cup. So um that must have been insane. That's probably why they played in the red and white one, I reckon. I reckon it might have been a bit lighter. <laughs> you know, you're probably right when you think about it. Uh when I think about it now, it's yeah, that that World Cup, I mean, 1990, for what you are to 94, 90 is to me. Like, that's the one I was first conscious of, and I talk about it a million times, and that's why I, like, took to those socks so much. But it's also, like, a personal connection that I won't go into. There's past episodes and current and uh, very nice, loyal listeners that I have will be bored to death to hear it one more time. But <laughs> the interesting thing is, is that 
1990, things was the sea change. There was the merchandising. There was obviously the, in the UK, of course, there was the um, the graphics and Nesundorma, and that kind of went all over the world. 1994, if America could do anything proper, and it's marketing, and it is, yeah, sure. let's just... Hey, you know what? There's no uh, USA 94 water bottles. Let's do it that. It's, it went beyond like T-shirts yeah. and T-shirts and hats. It was, I remember that summer in America and suddenly like friends of mine that never cared about soccer growing up were tuned into it. And you also had, it was everywhere. You had things that just doesn't make any sense as to why this is like a soccer or football endorsed package with the, uh, with the logo on it, which yeah. kind of showed like the massive push to get the sport to watch for people to watch in this country. Now, now in four years from now, America will co-host with along with Canada and Mexico. Yeah, and it's sure. going to be vastly different. But, you know, now we've seen that after 94, you couldn't go back to not doing this major marketing push. The fact that the World Cup ended in December and I go into a bodega here in New York City and I see Messi's face on a bag of Lay's potato chips. It's sort of just like, this is, this is absurd. Like I would have never thought to see this, but now it's, you have to put, if you're a sponsor, you have to put some sort of soccer football thing on your product. Do you yeah, think now in 20 years time or 10 years time, we'll look back on this era and you yourself with your store might see this as like a vintage era and what things can change. Like, you know, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I think like, um, obviously, yeah, for like answers, a few questions there. Like obviously, um, <clears throat> really excited to see what happens with uh, North America and uh, Mexico and see how they, see how things go down there because um, it's been a long time coming. I'm surprised it took so long, but also, <laughs> I'm also I'm surprised how quickly things have taken off um, because it was just like a slow burner. And then suddenly, suddenly it just went, it just clicked. And people were like, obviously, because you have a lot of in America, there's a lot of people that have different heritage, whether that be Italian or Mexican. So there's, you know, South American. So there's there's obviously a lot of underlying football love there. But it just seemed like loads of people were from people that I've spoke to that American soccer fans seems like they were kind of keeping that secret that they were a soccer fan to an extent. <laughs> they're like, they were like, no, I'm not really into, I'm not really into soccer. That's like a girl's sport, isn't it? It's just like, and then suddenly like now it's like the cool sport. It's like, the, it's like a kind of still a little bit underground and everyone's just going mad for it. And um, it gets me really excited because uh, there's so much creativity in America. So, and it's very different from Europe. So I, it's nice to see, like sometimes I see stuff on social media that I really don't like from America, from American creatives, but there's, because it's just so it's, but I've, 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 I've real, I've realized to check myself before feeling so, um, <laughs> so what's the, what's the word? So wound up by angry. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Just so wound up by seeing, by seeing something that I just think is really is, I does not sum up soccer or football. Um, but I've realized that actually it's quite nice now to see different people's takes on it. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens in, in, in four years time. And also to see what, because it's kind of similar what's happening with Australia at the moment. And, 
Um, right. They've obviously got the Women's World Cup this uh, this year as well. And I think like to see both of those nation, big foot, big nations really getting into in, in into the best in the best sport this world has to offer is <laughs> it's, it's just really exciting. But um, I think talking about the uh, era of stuff, I think there'll be. I don't think it'll be an era so much of um, from us looking back at shirt designs and people going like, wow, I just don't, there's just not been that many ones that have just really, like obviously there's been a handful, like everyone talks about the um, the Venice shirt this season and right. Kappa's, Kappa's amazing work. Like obviously the shirts are beautiful, but they, I'm sure they will be looked back at, but there's, there's only a handful that I can say over the last like five or six seasons that people have been like, wow. Where if you look between, between, um, you know, uh, 94 and uh, 2004, like there's just so many shirts there that are like mind blowing. But I do think it will be a time when people look back at the creativity surrounding football. Cause right now, to, and for me to be a part of it as well, like it's so exciting to see, there's still so many unticked boxes of stuff you can do. Right. Um, right. And that is, that is what keeps me going. Like, that's what I want the shop to be about. Like I want to create stuff that is so easy. It's so, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to be creative without copying people because social media now is just flashing loads of stuff into your head all the time. Right. So it's like all these other creative people, football artists, or in, in any in any scene that you're into, it's like having before you'd have your like your portfolio be secret, but now your portfolio you kind of have to boast about your portfolio. So it's like so easy <laughs> to go on people's pages and go like, wow, wow, look at that! Oh wow, I want I want a bit of that! Oh, I want to do that! So it's it's trying to be original because you can because there's still a lot of space. So it's trying to be original, but and create you know just create stuff that doesn't that doesn't exist or has existed that people have forgotten about like you know researching actually doing proper research and not just looking on social media like looking at old-fashioned books or looking at old football programs or there's so much out there that people have forgotten about um <clears throat> and I definitely think it can be it's you know it's like anything with music and fashion it kind of goes around in circles doesn't right, it right like, right um yeah. And I definitely feel like this 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 era right now, this next, I'd say it's been going on for about three years already, but I reckon with over the next couple of years, there's going to be mad, like mad fashion and football collaborations, not from people like, you know, Palace Skateboards. They're obviously doing it already, but there'll be so many more. Um, and then that trickling down to the small independent businesses like myself and new ones um, popping up that just um yeah just creating cool cool football merch really so i think that will be so i kind of yeah you kind of know what i'm saying anyway yeah, yeah no just... for sure because we're as, as you're talking like i'm already seeing like uh, the gears in my head are turning because we've seen in recent years again i'm going to use milan as an example not because it's just a fashion capital but we've seen them do collaborations with virgil abloh's off-white we've seen them do yeah, collaborations sure. with jay-z's uh paper planes so it's sort of it's happening in small increments. And I feel like once you have a real Madrid do a, some sort of 
collaboration with Louis Vuitton, let's say, yeah. it, it's over. Or, um, or, or, you know, we've also seen PSG and Jordan, of course. But, yeah. like, once PSG goes to, like, a major fashion house, which I feel is only a matter of time, um, or a Real Madrid, like, one of these, like, huge, like, larger than life. I mean, it's kind of happening already. You know, that's kind of, that is already kind of happening. And um, it's, I feel like that that part will be remembered as right now more than people remembering the football shirt designs it will be like people will be looking back like wow that was the first collaboration between you know uh, a fashion brand and a football and a major football team and right. i think that that part will be remembered but also i like you know the scene that i'm in the real kind of underground um underground football uh world with creatives who are mostly just connected via instagram um i just yeah i really hope that this part is remembered as well because i constantly i see you know, I'm really proud. I've, I've I've reached whenever I find someone online that I like, that I like their work. Instead of being jealous about it and being like, "Oh, I wish I'd come up with that," I reach out to them. I give them a big up. I tell them, you know, "Oh, wow!" I send them a private message and say, "Wow, your work's amazing." Especially if they're just getting going, and um, that's a great way of just opening the conversation. And I, I just want, you know, if people listen to this and want to be more creative, I, you know, I want to say, just don't be jealous of people. Don't don't copy people. Just but you, you know, reach out to people because you never know what might open. Like I had a really incredible year last year and it was all because I collaborated nonstop with loads of what I thought were the, my favorite creatives of the year kind of thing. Um, and that's just, that's just amazing. Like you get to meet, you know, we're talking because we, you know, we met on, we met on Instagram. We were just chatting about football and next thing this happens. And it's, you know, it's all part of, it's exciting to meet to talk to people from around the world and to see you know we all love football and we all and we're all positive people because a lot of you know the the the, the creative scene is really positive and especially to see the hype surrounding like the women's game in the UK is amazing to see that oh, yeah. scene it's getting huge and it, it it you know they won they won the Euros that's like massive and it was I remember I went to the pub to watch that and we were didn't know what to expect there was two three hundred people and everyone was losing it it was amazing it was like so beautiful to see the like real football fans that not just the keyboard warriors or like you know basic football fans who just want to be wear stone island and have a punch up just, <laughs> just i'm just not into that side of football it's just yeah. you know it's just not for me it's football is about sharing whether that be playing football with your mates or talking about football at the pub it's all about sharing and you know and that and, and opening conversations and and you know we can talk about mental health and stuff like that through through uh you know through football and stuff like that as well. I think that's really important to that's the important side of stuff. And yeah, that's my advice to people if they're they start thinking of starting a business or want to be creative, just yeah, just be be yourself and be original and also be friendly. <laughs> basically it, it, it's true i mean look it, it's it's so simple it's those simple sandbox yeah. things that you learn as a kid so young that you know you can apply to everyday life and it's not and you're 100 right and you're a good person josh and i'm so happy you're on i'm so happy we're collaborating you brought up mental health we're going to touch on that in a, in a in a big way in a little bit um and I couldn't agree more with all of your sentiments. Be positive. And I, I, I get some flack sometimes on social media for being a little too ass kissy to my guests and all these. But it's just like, I'm a fan of all the people that I have on and I appreciate what they do. 
And that's why I have them on. I also find people interesting and I find the people that I have on interesting. So there's a, there's a method to my madness. And (laughs) I, and again, having you on and making this connection, it's like, I know I have a really cool friend that I can reach out to now in the UK and you hopefully go visit and we can have a pint one day. Yeah. And I I, want to, you know, my, my dream It's it's not even a dream. It's going to happen. Like I've got, um, I've got big plans for, I'm actually going to try and be, in america for the next world cup so all right um, mate, well, let me know yeah i will man i mean that's another point that that's it you know you have these conversations and it opens up like i've i've got four or five um you know i've got a couple of cousins who live in america so it's i've always got a place to go anyway but i've got four or five friends that i've just made on instagram who are like oh man get out here you know we get to hang out and it's just it's just great to have those connections and people the best thing in life is making friends for me that is the best thing in life that i you take that away from my life i just it's just pointless right i just absolutely love making connections and making friends with people and then everything else is just fun you know if you have absolutely. friends you have fun and chuck football in that mix and it's perfect isn't it really <laughs> yes yeah absolutely uh you are a fan of what you call a proper london club crystal palace <laughs> so how did that fandom uh come about uh, just it well I've with oh, well, I was with cur- cursed but cursed when I was growing up basically um, <laughs> uh, yeah all my family are from South London all from Croydon um, and my dad and all my family are just huge Palace fans and it was just a kind of accessible club to go and support um, it was from my house it was like 20 minutes and um even when I moved out of like moved out of Croydon and stuff, it was still not far to go to and also really affordable. Um, and yeah, even when I think when I was, when, when I was really young, I was like hunting, you know, I'd turn up, early, my dad would take me down early and I'd wait around and meet the players and get signatures. And I'd go to the training ground. Sometimes like one of my earliest football memories is going to the training ground and they just let me in the training ground. Like the guys were doing their training it wasn't like, you know, wait at the gate. <laughs> I was just in the training ground where they're all doing training, just watching them. And then when they came off, I was just having a kick around with them. And I remember, um, I'm trying to remember what it was this, we had this play, legendary player called David Hopkins, who um, he was just a really, he was a ginger, ginger dude, really, <laughs> he was Scottish, really skillful because he was white and ginger. He just didn't get the hype around him that people should have had the hype around him because they just, he didn't look the part, but wow, he was just so technically gifted, amazing dead ball specialist. Um, he scored this really important goal one time that took us uh, up to the premiership in the in the playoff. He was, yeah, he's a real legend. Anyway, I met him at the training ground and I think I was about, I reckon I was about six, seven and I got all these signatures and I was really buzzing. He came over. I went so nervous, and he was oh like, God. In, 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 "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna impersonate a Scottish accent." But um, you know, he was really friendly, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to play some, you know, play some, uh, kick the ball against the fence? I can't, you know, just knock it back and forth." I was, like, oh, I was really excited. So he kicked it against the fence, came to me, and I just completely ballooned it like miles away. It was just like really bad. It was like really shockingly bad. And he just kind of looked at me with this sort of like look of disgust <laughs> about how bad my touch was. And he just kind of like patted me and then just walked off. And I remember being like traumatized for about for about two weeks. I was like, no, I messed up, I messed it up. <laughs> um, 
but as the years have gone on I've got to admit it's I definitely feel I definitely feel very proud to be a Palace fan um because obviously they're now been in the premiership for I think it's seven seven, six or seven years I think it's seven years um which is it uh, you know in itself is is amazing feat with, with having limited money compared to some of the clubs around us um but they've always had a really strong identity that I relate to. There's, I've never, it's always been a very multicultural football club as well, which is another thing I'm super proud of. Nice. Um, it's, there's, it's never been segregated, you know, people like people splintering off. Like it's, it's proper South London. And that's why their motto is, you know, South London and proud. Like it really is like, it's everyone in it together, supporting the same team. Um, and that's beautiful as well. And I, I think, yeah, I've got to admit though, it is getting a little bit tedious and a little bit boring finishing like mid table um, <laughs> season after season. I, by the end of this, by the end, like the end of like four or five games of the season when we're all safe, man, I just, I, I just can't get it. I get really excited as the start of the season. And then by around this time, I just kind of get bored of it because I know what's going to happen that we're just going to, we're just going to do okay. <laughs> And I kind of would like, I'd kind of think I'd prefer it if we were scrapping around for a relegation a little bit, because I've been there, I've seen that as well. And that's fun. That's like, we I mean, we used to be one of those clubs that went up and then got relegated and went up again and then got relegated. And like that, I kind of miss the championship a little bit. The championship is quite a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy football league. I mean, if you look at it now, it is, I think it's probably the maddest football league in the world. If you look at it, it's from first down to 14th there's about seven points splitting everyone up like it's it, it, mad <laughs> you know what's funny is is that i have on on this season i mentioned spal earlier but i have uh joe tacapina who is the owner of spal and him and i were discussing in his episode that how absolutely mental city b is in italy because again it's similar fashion i almost look at second division of like top flight leagues to be way more exciting at this point than the actual major leagues and it i feel bad thinking that because of the fact that well it's the major leagues they have major teams and all this other stuff but there's a real fight or flight mode activated in those second divisions and it's it's crazy to think that it all, every game matters. Of course, every game is supposed to matter. But if you're a big team in a big league, you can afford to lose a game or two here and there. Whereas in those second divisions, it's just it it could bring you down to the third division. The yeah, well, I mean, I've just I've just looked at it now. Just to, I was like, I'm not I'm not just making that up, am I? So basically, the two top teams are kind of running away with it, and then from third. All the way down to 16th, there's five points in it. That is just wow. That's <laughs> wow. That's so you know, and that's and they're and they're all solid teams. You know, these are all teams that have done the done time in the Premiership. You know, you've got Middlesbrough, Watford, Norwich, Sunderland, West Brom, Swansea, QPR, Hull. You know, they're solid, solid teams. And like, although it's obviously it's great being in the in the in the Premier League, it's brilliant to watch your team have your team on match of the day and um bring in you know bring in better players there is you you can't you can't miss uh uh you know you, i kind of you can miss i kind of miss a uh, <laughs> uh 
like a moody a moody Tuesday night under the lights watching like Palace v Blackburn Rovers I don't know it's just it kind of feels like the FA Cup it's quite like when you live in live in the UK quite a lot of these there's so much history between even teams that are like in league championship league one even some in league two that have they've won trophies and it's it's mad that the depth of history of all the football teams yeah Um, yeah it's crazy it's great it's absolutely crazy I think that's what I love about you know being I feel very proud to be I feel very proud to be a football fan in the UK and I think that's another part of why the business has been successful because you know, I'm not like we're not fake. There's no faking it here. You you've got to know your football. If you go to the pub and you chat to your mates, like you have to know football. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just part of it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You look. I, I've been put to the test on my all my visits to London uh, over the years, and it's just like, oh, we hear an American accent. I'm not going to do a British accent uh, the way you do a Scottish accent. I'm not. I'm not here to uh, hurt anyone's feelings and culture. Um, but it's funny that, you know, immediately someone in London will hear my accent and say like, oh, you're from America. And I'm, yes, I'm from New York. Uh, what's your name? I give them my name. And then it's just like, suddenly it's, oh, well, he's a hyphen American. So boom, okay. right away, hit them with like the Italian stuff. And suddenly like two, three hours later I'm in, and a few Guinnesses later, I, you know, have made some new friends. And that's what's kind of amazing is that and every pub I've walked to in in London, and I've un, sadly I've only gone to London. I have to see the rest of your beautiful country, but it it's a trial by fire and, a, and an initiation and put to the test of just what your knowledge is like. And it is so gratifying <laughs> to walk out of that pub one half in the bag, completely pissed off my face, but also going. Yeah, I think I passed the test. I think I'm one of them. You know, it, 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 it's like I wear it as a badge of honor. Um, and, and it's crazy to hear that, like, it's, it, you know, that you feel the same way. And what's crazy also, too, is, is that as much as you love uh, Crystal Palace and be careful what you wish for when it comes to a relegation battle, my friends. <laughs> but it is but it is something to see that a, a, a smaller team fighting and staying alive, even if it is mid table. But a few years ago, we saw this beautiful thing happen when, again, Italian uh, Claudio Ranieri took uh, beautiful Leicester City to win win the title and it is something in a sports sporting achievement that'll be talked about and a footballing achievement that'll be talked about for ages to come you also have a soft spot for Leicester and there's a beautiful story as to why you have a soft spot for Leicester uh take tell me about that yes I just um so when I was 18 um well when I was 15 16 my parents left uh left south london moved down to the kent coast where where i live now um it's kind of the little to explain to anyone that's not from the uk it's kind of on the right and the southeast bottom corner um and where the place they moved to on a clear day you can see france so it's that it's that close um and that part of the country um and it's it's really beautiful down there and i like foraging and i like walking so that those it is beautiful for those kind of things but I was at at an age where I wanted you know I wanted more nightlife and um culture so I 
looked at going to university in back in London and kind of decided that I wanted to try something different. And the course that I did, which actually was shoe design, which is quite a rare course as it wow. is. Yeah. Um, Leicester's quite has a lot of history there um, from back in the like Leicester and Northampton, which are in the Midlands of the UK. They're they're known. It's not so much anymore because obviously a lot of the textile industry in the UK is gone. But that um, was very big at there at one point. So they had this amazing course up there. So I went up there and absolutely loved it. It was, again, very, it's one of the most multicultural cities in the whole of Europe. Um, and it is so diverse and beautiful. Like you've had, there's so many different people uh, from all over the place that have, um, because obviously you've got, because of the textile industry, you had a lot of like Indian, Pakistani, Sri Lankans, um, and then in the time that I was there, since the EU changed, lots of Eastern Europeans turned up as well. So you had like Latvians, Lithuanians, Polish, Slovakians. Um, and it just is just this amazing hot pot of like, you know, good food, quite affordable. Um, I, I think I got very lucky to be at a time when it it, uh, it it really like changed its identity from being a bit of a kind of sleepy town to a lot of stuff happening there. Um and part of this was going to see Leicester City because it was quite they weren't it was quite cheap to go see them I think when I was a student they had tickets that were like five pound a ticket wow uh, yeah it was amazing so I think I went to I've been to like 20 30 games to see Le Leicester games because just because most of them were in the first couple of years of uni because they were just five pound a ticket um and then obviously when I left Leicester I moved back down here um and it's now not so sleepy down here. So it's kind of good timing. Like it was quiet here, moved to Leicester, kind of had a bit too much fun in Leicester, I've got to say. Um, <laughs> and then decided to kind of move back down to the coast. And where I live now, it's kind of started popping off. So, um, but I just always left this like soft spot uh, for Leicester. And um, yeah, sadly, one of my best mates also passed away. Uh, and he was a huge Leicester fan. So kind of whenever they're doing well, it, it, you know, it's for him as well. It always makes me feel like, yeah, it's buzzing. I went up. I actually went up for the. Um, I went up for the parade when they won the won the league, and it was just being a Crystal Palace fan. Palace had never won anything, so <laughs> um, we've literally never won a single cup apart from playoffs. So, and I've had a couple of good ones for those, but it's like I was quite young, so I've I'm still waiting for that moment, but. I, you know, instead of having a soft spot, like all my mates up there, they're all Leicester fans. So it did feel like a win for me as well. And I went up there and I just, I won't say too much, but as you can imagine, it was incredible. Like the whole of Leicestershire, the county came into the town. And, but I remember the best thing about it was that I went to, I went up there the night before, went to my mate's house. Um, my mate sadly had, had passed away before they won the league, which was just heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. um so even more of a connection for all of us Leicester winning everyone was like they're doing it for him kind of thing right and I remember waking up in the morning we walked up to the, the other side of town where the parade was going on Kasabian obviously a big Leicester <laughs> the band Kasabian, big Leicester fans they were performing and I remember going over this hill down into the park and I've never seen anything like it. It was like, it was such a beautiful day. And there was obviously like 50,000 people wearing blue and everyone just had their shirts on. And because the sun was hitting their, their shirts, it was like, there was this, this like mad blue hue, like above everyone's head. 
I've never wow. ever I've never seen anything like that. Like it was like you know like when you see like low lying mist. Yes, it yeah. Like low lying. It was like a low lying blue mist above the head of all these people where the sun was hitting their shirts. Like for me, like even talking about that now, it just takes me straight back to that moment. And it's like it was so magical to see that bit. And then yeah, obviously had a great day and. um yeah, just yeah, and then obviously for them to win the FA Cup as well, it's just like been done such a great job. The management and like, yeah, it, sh- it shows anything is possible. Maybe Crystal Palace will have their day one time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, it, 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 that's such a beautiful story. And you mentioned your friend who, uh, unfortunately and tragically, couldn't be there. Um, we have <laughs> talked prior to the podcast about talking about this, and there's an important story as to what happened to your friend and how it creates a bigger picture here you know mental health as we also brought up in this podcast is something that needs to be discussed more i try and talk about it as much as i can so i'm happy that you josh brought it up and alerted me uh and brought me into your world and uh allowing yourself to be so vulnerable and giving me the privilege of hearing and uh your story and your friend's story so tell me about your friend and what had happened and what we can do as people to help each other out yeah all help yourselves you know that's the other thing it's um it's 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 a lot of the time as well it's people even if it's not from the extent that people might you know kill themselves or you know it's a lot of the time it's people who you think might be really happy or who are really happy like that are those people that you see out and about that are having fun and like it's just about opening conversations it's kind of the running thing that we're talking about in this in, in this podcast by the same like I don't want to you know it's, it is a lot of the time it's just talking to people and being open and being honest and especially you know especially young males like I think everything I've explained about my love for football there's that part that I don't like it's the it's the you know it's the ego it's the um you know masculinity of people being like yeah you know football and we want to be hard and I just that's just not that's just not right like it's much you have a much better you will have a much better time and a much better life if you're just if you're nice to people and if you're open about your feelings and Sadly, my mate Neil, who um, we used to call, call Pedders, he was um, he was life and soul of the party, man. He was just like real character. Um, always had a little bit like, you know, they, they, we all knew that there was underlying like mental health issues there. But it was this happened like seven years ago. And it, it's really sad because in the UK, I've definitely noticed like a lot more advertisement and people younger people talking about mental health and sadly that was like the last year like the year after it happened I noticed so and it wasn't just my eyes like opening up I honestly they there were so many suicides that year of young men in the UK I think they really felt like the government were like wow we need to put some notifications on adverts on primetime tv and things like this like and actually like football clubs as well um and I think that yeah it's Sadly, even though we knew there was a problem there, we just didn't speak to him. And I've it's not like I, I don't beat myself up about that because we were young and you know it was all part of it. And but it's definitely helped me help other people, and that's why I'm fine to talk about it, 
even though I, I you know I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna lie like I've it's just been it's two weeks ago it was his anniversary and I was really prepared for this year I felt like I'd broken through I had moved into my next stage of grieving you know it's a feel like I've been grieving for about six years and it's I I felt I had a really until the last few days I've had a really sad month like deep down sadness and but I didn't do the things that I knew you you have to look after yourself as well like I feel like you have to be active that's a massive part of it and usually what I do is I go swimming because I've worked out that regulating breathing, whether that be like football, obviously is great as well, because you are regulating your breathing, but it's, it's quite a lot of um, like the adrenaline sometimes can numb out the breathing. So if you do a sport that's like cycling, running, um, swimming, yoga, anything where you can get in your own head for for at least for half an hour, I feel like that's so important to help, like if you just do that two, if you're having a rough month, you do that twice, just twice in a month, like you will feel better. And I, I mean, grief is such a weird thing. Like even though I've been feeling sad, the thing that's been mad about it is that I've got, I've, I broke my foot playing football like nearly 10 years ago and it's never really recovered properly. And it Ooh. means that I can't even really play football anymore, which is another reason why I do the shop. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, this month even that like my foot for no apparent reason just flared up like it was so sore and I just felt like it was like my body just being unhappy telling me like it's just it's just such a mad 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 thing grief and you know my, my advice to people and I really you know I really hope people if people listen to this and they are struggling is is just care look after yourself speak to your friends talk to each other and just try and do a couple of bits of activities that month at right now like it's just it's so important and it really does it will just give you if you're feeling really bad it will just give you a little gap for you to feel yourself and I feel like if you can feel yourself for a little bit then you can build on that like the following day and then you're like oh yeah cool I moved it in the right direction you know I moved it I've knocked it into the right direction and I think that's you know grief really really you know, I, I, this is funny me talking about this because I've actually been really bad at looking after myself this month. But um well, maybe talking about it will exercise. Like, yeah, yeah you know, maybe <laughs> I, maybe I do need to follow my own advice because that's I I tend to fall into that too. Um, in a similar circumstance in 2008, as I told you, um, my friend Phil had had uh, taken his own life, and um, it uh, it's funny because i similar to your friend neil like he was the life of the party and he was just you and a similar circumstance like you kind of always knew that phil had struggled a bit but we were young we were in our early 20s and like similar to yourself like i don't beat myself up about it but i do miss him terribly and i do miss him uh all the time and i wish like he was here and my, my mates and i we talk about him as much as we can that we wish he was here but it is also important to talk about what had happened because sometimes that doesn't happen enough because that can also exercise the grief a bit and yeah and also i think i think the i think that before i forget it it's like a really good point as well i think i think it's really it's really important to do that to 
talk about the grief and talk about the sadness and not just be like oh do you remember when he, you know remember in the good times right. like it's actually it's actually really important to remember the bad times like yeah. there was loads of times where neil was an absolute bastard and really pissed me off and like you know it's important to you know it's a funny one because it, you know we call him pedders but it's like don't put him on the pedestal like really don't like you have to right. like you know you have to you have to remember when you think of a person it's so easy like you know it's kind of the opposite of when we're it's kind of the opposite of our memories i find always find it really sad that people you always remember you remember negative stuff a lot and grief a lot longer than you remember happy stuff and that's like i find that really weird that the human brain does that that we i do too and what's funny is is that we also react better to the negative than we do the positive like when there's a great positive social media it's like social media as well that's it 100 percent you want to jump that people want to jump down your throat before writing a comment being like yeah man that's great you know it's like it's so weird (laughs) we that's and it's funny because in the in lockdown uh what was his name john krasinski from the american version of the office had started like this series called uh, some good news to try and take away from the negative of the out of the world and it was pretty popular for a while but the fact that like we have to force good news yeah and because we're so focused on the crap that yeah. it it, pl- it weighs on folks and it and, and it does something like in in the lockdown for me personally like because I couldn't do this I couldn't meet anybody because I'm very similar to you as you can tell we're very social social beings Josh and I yeah, sure. um my my brain did this thing where it felt like it snapped and in in my past uh, around 2015 I had a nervous breakdown like full on nervous breakdown so I knew what that felt like this wasn't that this felt like my brain actually like snapped in half like cracked like a christmas cracker the the wonderful brits have at the dinner plates um and something happened and I didn't know what it was. And it was because all the things that I love were taken away. My wife, thank God I had her because I don't know what would have happened. Cause I hadn't, you know, the amount of FaceTimes and zooms and texts you can do with people, but it wasn't the same type of interaction that I had prior to all of this, uh, prior to what had happened, you know, the pandemic, but it was, it was something now that I realized how important, mental health is and i started seeing a therapist soon after um and i'm so happy to have this discussion with you man and thank yeah. you so much have you been seeing help have you been seeking help yeah so i had i had um yeah i had uh yeah i saw a counselor and i did there was there was definitely stuff that i could there was definitely i mean it's a tough one because i can't just say everything is different for you know it works some people it doesn't work for other people and and also it 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 might even be the counselor that you saw like my friend saw the same counselor and he had a good experience but for me like I just it just didn't I just didn't click with them so Mm. it was quite there was definitely points that I took away from there so it wasn't a complete waste of time that's for sure but it was like I've actually I've actually um it's just been from reading online and kind of really under like I do a lot. I find, find a lot of people don't work themselves out, which is why I find really quite, quite, quite crazy that people don't know like how they, if, if they go to bed late, they wake, they, you know, they, 
feel grumpy the next day and like and they just keep doing it and they keep sabotaging their lives like I've done quite a good job of kind of working out what's my what's my good and what's my bad and that's also come from like reading you know information and and listening to other people when I've been talking about grief and being you know I'm lucky that I live in a beautiful place so it just means that I can go out for I do a lot of foraging and it's it's I find those moments just so beautiful when I'm on my own like hunting for wild mushrooms it's just it's so spiritual just being out there and being sort being no one around and being able to I think I live in a world where I don't spend enough time out like I, I was living in a world where I wasn't spending enough time on my own outside and since I got advice from people and they're like you know you need to go on more walks and my girlfriend included was like you need to go on more walks you need to look after you after yourself you need to just you know it's so tough because life everyone everything's getting more expensive people are working much longer hours um you know and everything is at our fingertips now so it's 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 hard to you know I'm saying like, oh yeah just do this and just do that I know it's hard for people when people are just hustling to just live um but it's sometimes you just got to make the space haven't you really for like sure and it's 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 that first step that's always the hardest. It was that yeah. you know finding that person to connect with, whether it is professionally or just personally. Um, but it is that first step is always the hardest. But I promise you, if if it if the stars will align and it will get better, it always gets better. Um, and it's it's as you and I are both speaking from experience here. And what's funny, what you're saying too. I feel like I know you for ages because of similar things is that yeah walks help me uh, I'm a big per, uh, person of like just going to the gym and lifting weights like I, I'm, I don't look like the rock I I, I try my hardest um, or, uh, or Brad Pitt and Fight Club is really kind of the body physique I'm going for um, but you know don't look like that either uh, but it's um but it is, it is there is something that you might find that'll make you tick um, and it's different for everybody, but f finding it in that first step is always the most difficult, but there's no reason to stress because it is out there. It may feel stressful and the time may feel stressful. It also kind of angers me that the governments of our respective countries, and I'm not going to talk about politics here because they're all fucking terrible, but the governments of our respective countries want to put on adverts about mental health, but then make it so expensive that it also becomes a burden for people that are already struggling and everyone needs it. Everyone should get it. And, you know, that's another reason why, you know, yeah, it's great to talk about mental health and stuff. And, and, that, and that's, and that's another, you know, another reason, you know, being creative as well. That's you know another, an, another way of getting, you know, for yeah. me, that's been great. Like I've get to, you know, from people, I'm obviously doing a good job because people, because I'm doing it full time, which is mad um but I'm you know it's just kind of trying to just I just have a bit of time for yourself to just be creative and 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 reach out and talk like we're doing and it's great like I've got some really exciting things um planned for this year I'm trying to think what I can actually tell you about um <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> um so I've just done the Laen uh Zizu t-shirt nice. which is like a re-re-release because I released it first time and um 
it sold out and then over the last like three years there's just always periods where people are just messaging me relentlessly like can you print more of these can you print more of these and I don't usually like to do that a lot of the time when I make stuff I think part of it is making it special by it being like it's only going to be around like a couple of times and then you know it, it's 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 like finding something when you find something vintage like you say you find that USA 94 McDonald's watch that's just like <laughs> mad but you know you know there was like 4,000 of them but they were like they, you can't find them anymore and that's like you know that's I, I love stuff like that and I think that's what I try and do with the um a lot of the a lot of the products are released are like under like 50 or under pieces um and yeah it just becomes really fun doing it like that so I really re-released that t-shirt um, and then the next thing, I can't really say too much about it, but I'm doing, I'm working uh, currently to curate a dream team of 30 creatives um, that I've been headhunting over the last, like some that I've known and some like a new people. So it's an excuse for me to make even more friends. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. So curate, curating um, 30 creatives from around the globe to celebrate a legendary football fo- I'm going to leave it at that a legendary football player Oof. who everyone loves who should be celebrated more and then hopefully there'll be uh two or three exhibitions where it, the work will tour around and then hopefully we might be able because there's 30 pieces I'm feeling we might be able to split it up and then send some to America send some to Australia and you know just uh so everyone gets to be able to go and see it because the work I've already had some of the works come back to me already. And it's like, I'm I'm setting everyone this mad brief of just like go big as possible or go as wild as possible or create that piece that you've always wanted to create that you haven't had the time to create. So it's like, it's um, yeah, hopefully by end of March or I'll give you a heads up about it. So you can, you can uh, maybe, maybe you can tie it with link with the, hundred percent when you when you release this this podcast or whatever hundred percent um, i i kind of want to guess the player um <laughs> and i know you're not going to give me an answer but and that's okay but uh does the be i'm gonna say because i think the most universally loved footballer ever ever is kind of ties into your store because of the biggest um I'm not going to say blunder because he played the entire game with a pulled hamstring and is the reason why his team got to the final of the 1994 world cup. And I think that kind of gives it away, but uh, does his name rhyme with Umberto Agio? I'm actually going to say no, it's not Baggio. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Like, I, I know you're dreaming of Baggio. Like, I am. Oh, I'm 100% <laughs> dreaming. I mean, to be fair, surely most Italians, just they just they go to bed dreaming of It's Baggio. our default, I'd, man. I'd also, I'd also wake up having that nightmare of the 94 Peno, don't they? <laughs> We've all been there, man. We've all been there. Gareth Southgate, what's my dreams? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. You know, you, yeah. Uh, and well, he still haunts your dreams as the manager of the of uh, the Three Lions. So, yeah, uh, sure, it's, yeah, it's a whole yeah, different I try, I try, I try and... Um, I love supporting. I actually like, you know, we're talking at the start and I was saying about my, um, my, my, that I don't love, you know, that I don't enjoy the modern game as much as uh, some people, but there's, I, I live for international football. Yeah. Like, I just live for those tournaments, man. Like when, when the Euros or the Euro, uh, 
World Cups on. Like I, I bring people together. Like I get so buzzing about like creating football events. Um, you know, and we go wild with them. We get like DJs down and there's food and there's like, you know, we get we it's not just like let's all go to the pub and watch the game. Like we try right. and we have meetups before where we we'll go and meet on the steps and we'll get we'll have we'll be drink like having you know having cans there and then go, you know it all becomes like a I just love the whole ritual of like waking up if it's like a match day I, I'm taking the day off like I'm just I'm not trying to do work and coming out <laughs> in the afternoon it's just not happening like generally during the World Cup I'm just watching most of it and um, right I just live for that even though England haven't won it and got that close well I mean the Euros was pretty good but. I still just had a great time. Like me and my mates, we had such a good time during the Euros that when we didn't win, everyone was upset for about 10 minutes. Like, and then after that, everyone just came. I remember everyone leaving the room and then everyone just came back in the room and everyone was just like, look, we all looking at each other and we're like, we've had a great time. And it's like, it was like like we played, do you know what I mean? It's like, it was like, I had this epic squad and there was, you know, it was during COVID times as well. So over here, so it was kind of, things were just loosening up a little bit. Um, And I just remember having this squad of like 26 of us who haven't spent that much time together because of COVID leading up to it. And everyone just had such a good time. It was the best tournament that I've ever experienced with my mates. And I was just like, you just can't, you can't replicate that in club football. No, because there's such an innocence also about international play because of the fact that it is, you have the David versus Goliath matchup, seeing Morocco as far as they did in the last World Cup in Qatar and then having all of Africa just back them. That entire continent was just like, look, that's it. These are yeah. brothers in arms now. We have to, and it is beautiful. It's sort of, you know, even going back to the 2006 World Cup to know that Drogba had the power to stop a civil war in Cote yeah. d'Ivoire. Yeah. It, it, it just, it, the magic of what international football does is so much beyond any paycheck and any. And anything that any quote unquote branding or marketing company wants to do, because you don't get it often. I I really hope that FIFA sticks to their guns and keeps it uh, every four years for all the respective tournaments and not do a um, World Cup every two years or every. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just I, I, my like I gauge my what I've done in my life round world cups yes 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 yes. you know what i mean as the world cups go by i'm like especially as they're going by now i'm at that age where i'm like i'm 36 now so the next world cup i'm I'm, when i'm when i'm talking about being in america i'm gonna be 40 years old yeah that's that's mad and like if you it's a shame we haven't got the screen on because we don't you don't i I think about the stories a lot of people don't not for any apparent reason i don't know why i don't really share that many pictures of me i think i just like to be anonymous and I think so, I'm so anonymous with it that people just a lot of the time I get I get so many messages from people being like, "Hey man," or, or to the, they're they're addressed to the team. Everyone's like talking about. I get I'd say eighty percent of the emails and messages I get from people are like to the team. I'm like, mate, it's just me. It's just <laughs> I'm a one man band here. I'm doing it all, and it's funny because I'm competing with some of the. There's some. There's you know. There's some. Uh, there's there's other creative people out there that have got big teams and big budgets and stuff like that. So I think, you know, it makes me proud knowing that I'm doing it on my own, but it's, 
if you see what I look like, I, I'm like, like, I can't grow a beard. I'm pretty fresh faced. I don't, definitely don't look, I, I just think I just can't see myself looking 40 years old when I'm 40. It's mad. Um, and then it, it's like, it's a then weird it's, thing. Then it's, only, then it's only two more World Cups after that. And then you're like nearly 50. It's like, what? Mad, mad. These are the same <laughs> conversations I'm having with my friends and my family. My brother-in-law and I were talking about how, how astronomically priced the tickets are going to be for the next world cup oh my god it's just i don't even want to that's a whole other podcast but my niece his daughter is going to be at that point six and we're going like oh wait a minute we could i I was six years old and remember italia 90 vividly she'll be six we could actually take her to an event. My best friend and I were talking about with even bringing his daughter too. She'll be, I think, eight or nine at that point. And it's, and it's bizarre. And you're right. It's measured in life moments. And that's, it's just, it shows you just how special it all is. It also shows just how, how like impactful it is that you could sort of put where you are and how old you are and who you are when those tournaments happen you know it's 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 the beauty of the game man it's the beauty of the game and yeah, how, also, was, how was it how was it how was the uh quickly how was the uh world cup for you out there this time around i will say this for all of the social issues surround and rightful rightful social uh leading up to it, yeah, leading sure, up yeah. to cut it i i look Everything that was problematic about that World Cup needed to be addressed, and it still needs to be addressed. And there's still answers and justice that has not been done. Yeah, definitely. Putting that aside, and I can't believe I just said that sentence. <laughs> but overall, it was one of the most fun World Cups I've ever watched. And I think, and I do believe that the Middle East deserves to be high. If it is truly going to have a World Cup on a world stage, the Middle East, of course, needs to be in contention to be put to put on tournaments like this um and it was and i have a guest on and actually in this season as well who was there and talked about it um and it was it was a ton of fun to watch and i will say this for that one month and this is the beauty of the world cup i live in new york city i live in a melting pot i live in just such a cool neighborhood everybody put their differences aside you would not have known that in the last four years we've gone through bad presidents uh bad mayors bad crime bad thing bad 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 all those negatives that we were talking about right for a month it was just people were up at 4 35 o'clock in the morning watching matches going to cafes early that's the beauty of what the world cup does it really does affect the world and because of how powerful it is and how important it is it should also be powerful and inclusive for everybody so that being said that there are still answers that need to be made and um and had and people need to all everybody needs to be able to watch the sport and watch the tournament and feel welcome doing it um, so it was, it was an interesting tournament because a lot of times like leading up to it, I felt conflicted. I felt like, should I be allowed to watch it? Should I watch this? Yeah. And I think that's, every, that's, that's that natural. I think that's, yeah. You know, but I, I knew, I knew, I, I knew when I was obviously where I live, 
everyone knows like I'm a lot of people who even people who don't know me that well they know they know me as the football guy so like <laughs> every time we were going out for the match obviously everyone wanted to have a conversation of my opinion about it um and I just I, I don't know I gave them my opinion about it and you know that uh you know on social media I thought it was good that a lot of people were giving it's the same thing when like Black Lives Matter happened ha- yes ha- yeah going on that people were giving space on that platform for people to make important issues but the people at the top didn't obviously they didn't make any of the important calls they were just it was ridiculous that they the way they managed it but I I I knew from the start that the players were going to turn up yeah you just, yeah you it's I'm sorry but you just it's they just got they're doing a job aren't they and it's their chance it's the one and it could be their only chance in their lifetime to because you never know if they miss it because of an injury or whatever um a lack of form they don't get in the squad like it's the person's chance to have their best memory to create some of the best memories of their lives i mean so, look at that saudi arabia team in the in their exactly, like that, 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 that first game. Yeah, yeah that first game they'll remember that forever and they will yeah. be but you none of that team needs to any restaurant they go in they'll buy they won't have to buy food <laughs> ever again like it's <laughs> You know, and then on and the flip side, then on the flip side, you have Iran protesting yeah. for their women. Like that's also like again, was, I mean, that was tough because obviously they didn't. It was it's even things like that which was hard. It just shows them the level of. I just feel like football. They, they drop that. They, they it's got such a big platform to make changes in a world where there's so many struggles, and I feel like it's the one thing that could hold people to ransom to change things yeah they just don't use that platform well they're the people at the top they're so corrupt yes you know they just don't care they just care about money like anything in this world they just sadly don't care about making real change and you know as england as an example for me the the the, the way that when people were asking me what happened about the rainbow arm, um, um, armband and stuff if you wanted to know what i would have done my thing that came up when I people were asking what you should what, what they should have done. People have died. People have died to be the pe- to to be themselves. So what does it? You know they were they were threatening to give someone a yellow card if they wore the the right. rainbow armband on the field. If it's that much of an issue, you have unlimited bench at the World Cup this time, and you can make five substitutions. And they're playing who were England playing? They had an easy game the first game. They if I would, have, if that was me, I would have, I would have made, you know what, Henderson, you go out wearing the, you go out and wear the armband. You make a real point. Look, he's wearing the armband. He's the vice captain. He's probably not going to play. He comes onto the field, wears the armband, takes the yellow card. They make the substitution. It represents a sacrifice that they've made to wear. You know, it's it's simple things. This is not rocket science to make. You're hundred percent right. Make, it's a- make a, such an, that would have been so incredible. For them to do that but instead we're back to like oh actually you know um anyone from the lgbtq community they're not really that welcome and i just think that's just outrageous really it, just, it was just it's i don't want to talk about it too much it makes it does get me it, it makes me really angry but also yeah i just feel like sometimes because of it as well like i it intimidates me to do stuff when i want to create things because of sometimes the negativity that it can surround on social media, which is, is is silly, but that's sometimes when I'm thinking about ideas, if, and I do really want, that's one of the things I do want to do, like try this year, just to be braver with 
some of my creative decisions because I feel like that's exactly what I've said that the 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 people at the top who are running FIFA are not doing. Right. So I feel like the people like us in in the platforms that we have have to do more. Yeah. But because of it, you again going back, we keep it's funny it's funny, isn't it? Because we keep on we keep having completely different discussions about different <laughs> topics. And they're always the same things, the same answers, aren't they? Like <laughs> it's true. And what's and to your point, to your point, I will say this, because I couldn't agree more with what you're saying about the rainbow armband. Because the thing is too, is is when a player scores a goal, 95% of the time they want to rip that shirt off show off their physique the brad pitt and fight club physique that i'm trying for uh <laughs> but they want to they want to show that and that gives them an automatic yellow but that that they'll have no problem doing yeah. but to potentially help a fan a little boy or a little girl or a teenage yeah. boy or a teenage girl or a teen or adult especially, male especially as they were putting their foot down about letting people into the stadium where yes. like, you know it, it's just yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, sure they. Look, I'm sure they look back. I'm guarantee. I guarantee that people like Harry Kane and that look back at that after it was finished and thought that they could have done more. And like, I hope that. And I hope that it wakes them up, though, that at some point they do. That at some point that you know Harry Kane realizes that I'm a striker for Tottenham Hotspur. People look up to me. I'm a talking point to pundits around yeah. the world. I mean, like he does stuff for the NFL here in America. And oh, yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he loves, loves it. Oh, yeah. But it's like, and we all know the issues that the NFL has with, you know, with Black Lives Matter and protesting that he could actually be the outsider to say, like, hey, look, you know, maybe this is where I can do something and do some good. I feel like what athletes can do now is be that. And I think, like, we'll just leave it at that. If that unless you have a rebuttal. <laughs> no, they've just got, I mean, they've just... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. They're all they're all making too much money. They're all making too much money that they're scared to ruin their to ruin their own personal brand. Yeah. But sadly, I just find that weird when people have made. It's just like you know, people are making that much money. Like you can do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can. can. Like it's yeah, exactly. It's sort of like you you can actually afford. To you can afford that, yeah. But it's also, like, like for what you lose, you'll gain tenfold. Yeah, it's like David Beckham being the face. Of, I don't know if you've heard about that, but like David Beckham, um, he over here he had a. It was so weird in the space of about um, in the space of about four weeks, the Queen died, and David Beckham turned up and decided to yeah. queue. With all the people, with all the with all us regular folks, yes. Um, instead of pushing the pushing the queue, um, and then uh, with it, yeah, within like two three weeks later, he's um, you know he's they're saying that he's now they're going to be the uh, the face and spokesperson for Qatar and the World Cup. It's just like he's done loads for the LGBTQ community, and the backlash they had here was like he will i don't know he'll come back with that with that community and i don't wow. think i don't think he should be should be allowed back into it because he he, he just like he just showed his true colors that it's all about the money mm. it wasn't even that much money for him it was like i don't know it was like 12 million pounds i mean that's i know it's a lot of money but not for david beckham is it it's, it's an underwear deal for him i mean what, exactly but it's like you can afford to take that money that you've yeah. gotten from let's just say Qatar or wherever where these human rights are sacrificed and people can't live to be themselves 
And if you don't need it, just make that donation. Just make it to, hey, you know what? Because I think that would be like the most baller thing, right? Like taking it from someone who is anti something and then giving that exact oh, yeah, amount sure. no, no, to, to a charity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Why does that not happen? Like the amount of conversations that I've had at the pub with my mates and everyone's mentioned similar things like that. It's just, it's just, I, I just can't. The only thing I can think is that they're paying, they're, they're paying people to think for themselves. <laughs> right, right, right. So, like, you know, I don't know how much thinking sometimes goes into certain deals because they have so many people now are so big. They have so many teams around them, like, you know, and, and that sometimes the decisions are made for them and they've just got to deal with it because they've signed contracts with people that they have to do this and they have to do hit this quota and they have to do that. And then with record label and the record label says, you know, if we're talking Coachella, they're like, well, you know, you can't turn that down. Otherwise you're going to lose your record deal, which you've signed for us and you're on. So there's all this part of the parcel. And that's the only excuse that I feel that they have is that maybe they're tied into contracts. That means they have to. Perhaps, but, but it's also like every single you one. need the contracts. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's like every single one of those contracts or those companies um, we'll do the socially cool thing and post the black square or do something yeah, 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 pride yeah, yeah, yeah. month here in America. It's just like, well, if you mean it, live by it. Yeah, definitely. that's it. And it's just, I don't know, money makes the world go round, unfortunately. And if, and if you have the means to do it, just please do it. <laughs> And if I you have any, please buy my products. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Or you can support companies like a store like 94 that'll support, <laughs> you know, that'll support everyone. Now time for a coffee break. Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere in the world from modcup.com. Mod Cup, drink modern coffee. Use code MUNDIAL for 10% off your first order. I know this has been a super long podcast, but I still have three more questions to ask you. And this is the fun part of the podcast that I ask every yeah. single guest. Um, and we're in the home stretch. So rapid fire questions, starting with this. If you could bring back one retired player to your club, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Former Palace player this is. I'll bring back a former Palace player. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, um, well, I was talking, I was talking about Hopkin earlier because he's just great in the midfield, but it'd probably be like we never seem to have, uh, we never seem to have a, a goal scorer. So, Andy Johnson, who was not the like the best striker, but he just knew how to score goals in the when we first, when we were going up, when we were the, the um, up and down club. He was always there for us. So I'd probably say bring back AJ. Nice. Andy Johnson. Yeah, classic. <laughs> you have an infinite supply of money, more money than uh, PSG and Manchester City combined. Let's say if you could sign one player today, active player to Palace, who would it be and why? Uh well, after our conversation, I'd probably just donate it all. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. <laughs> um, I don't know. If uh, players to buy, um, realistically, it'd be nice just to bring back like Wan-Bissaka from Man United. Um, maybe like a like a real good central midfielder like, um, like Kante or someone like that. Like it's... it's, it's 
I've just got like being real. I mean, being realistic, like they're the kind of people that I'd right. like to see. We've got a good team. We just got no depth, and it'd be nice to have some solid players in there. So probably a couple of players like that. I like that. All right. And finally, what has been your favorite moment as a fan? Um, favorite moment. So I've got a couple, a couple of moments. One of them that I'll never forget. One of them is going up to the Premier League this time, which we haven't come back down from. Um, I went to football with my dad, who is 83 and is a massive part of my, uh, I, I, I don't go and see Crystal Palace half, like since he's got older, I've gone to see less Palace games because it, it just goes to show how much it was a thing that we did together. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget, like, we scored in the, it was like 87th or 88th minute against Watford and um, Kevin Phillips scoring this penalty. And I just remember my dad going absolutely mental and just, like, grabbing in front of us. There was this, like, row of kids and, like, and their and their parents. And he was just, like, grabbing everyone. He was, like, grabbing the parents, grabbing the kids. It's like being like, yes! Just going, not just forgetting that I was right next to him, but I was just taking it all in. And it was just amazing to see him just, like, going so mad. Um, and I caught, I took a picture of it, and it really, uh, that picture is just, we are both have the, I've never seen that smile on his face. Like, it's so, apart from that moment, like, it's so big. Um so that's really nice. And the best way day moment, one time I went up to for a uh, playoff semi-final. We went, I went up to uh, Sunderland for a game and um, my mum and dad didn't even know about this because I think I was quite young and I was just like, didn't tell them. And I was like, yeah, I'm going up to Sunderland because they probably would have been like, oh, it's dangerous up there or whatever. Just, you know, parents being doing parents things. Um, and us being southerners and them not knowing how actually how friendly the north is. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I went, I went out to Sunderland and in the we oh God, to, well, I was really young here. I think I was like 16. We scored a we brought a defender um up, put him up front. I'm trying to remember what his name is now. It's been that been that long. Anyway, he scored right in front of us and it took us through to the final and it took us through to penalties, which we then won on penalties. But when he scored the goal, he jumped into the crowd and I was like three rows back at the front and like, it got mental. Like it went naught to a hundred people were just like flying over the top of me going crazy. He jumped in the crowd. Like it was, yeah, it was proper wild. Uh, uh, you know, for, there was definitely a little part of me. I was really happy. And there was definitely a little part of me that was like scared that I was going to get crushed because it was oh, that many people were like, people were going for it. <laughs> so that, that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty, I don't think I, either of that, both of those moments, I don't think I ever forget those. So, and of course the beautiful blue hue moment from Leicester's. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. Again, right. that's, yeah, that, that moment was like, I hope, I, I think that I, I think that I described that well. It was, yeah, it really was this yeah. just amazing um, I've never seen anything like that, like ever, like ever. So it's just so many people in. I've been to the. Um, well, but I'm just going to ramble on now. But it's kind of similar. The only only thing I've heard that's similar. I went to Tikal in Guatemala, the oh, old nice. Mayan, Mayan temple. Um, this is probably like ten years ago, and I found out that back in the day they used to paint the temples in chalk paints. Okay. And apparently when the sun used to hit the temples at certain times of the year, they'd have big ceremonies and they'd like reflect light over the jungle. And 
I, that, that's the only time where I've heard something similar. Like I've never seen anything or heard anything that was like that. So I kind of, that's the spiritualness of that moment. It's <laughs> beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Josh, thank you so much. I've taken way too much of your time. This was completely unexpected, <laughs> but we hit, we hit so many important topics and I can oh, honestly nice. talk to you for the rest of the day. Um, and I hope to do that in the future. So uh, the store is a store like 94. Go check it out. And Josh Steeples, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. And um, yeah, we'll keep in contact. And then, yeah, World Cup, obviously. We have to do that. We'll have, we'll have to do a, a podcast uh, revisit. Hell yeah. I'm totally <laughs> up for it, man. In America this time, eh? Yes, yes. We'll, we'll go to a nice, <laughs> good New York City bar or cafe. And we'll set up and we'll just do it there. Yeah, and you and then I'll, by that time I'll just have loads of hookups to uh, free tickets. So you just want to well, be that, my friend anyway. Perfect, perfect. See, it all works out. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. Well, yeah, take it easy anyway. Thanks for yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.